0: Because there truly is hope, in spite of what depression tells you.
1: Hello, Anita. Hi, Terry. The way that we feel when we're really in a depression is the way that depression convinces us that we'll always feel. It is difficult, if not impossible, to foresee experiencing pleasure, finding worth in ourselves and our days, or genuinely connecting with life ever again. This is the story of one of the very, very many people who has.
0: (laughs) A few years back, we were stopped in our tracks during the holidays when we read a message from a person who had stopped in the middle of a moment of pure joy and recovery to write a message of pure gratitude on Twitter.
1: With a traumatic upbringing, None of the life paths that she'd envisioned for herself included a holiday movie moment of literally dancing around her kitchen, living a safe, supportive, and worthwhile life. That's what prompted her to post a note to her suicidal teenage self that the fight to live turned out to be worth it. It was obviously a post to offer hope to others stuck in depression's darkness, too. And we wanted more of it. Her insights and perspectives are the types that can only come from someone who has lived them. We found Charlotte Underwood in London and asked her to share other lessons that she wishes her younger self had known and believed. Here now is Charlotte giving her voice to depression.
0: So start by telling me about your younger self, please.
2: It was very difficult to go through because I had no idea that I had mental illness. I had no idea that my hypochondria was actually anxiety. And I had no idea that my bad feelings were depression. I was just in so much pain at that age. I felt like I had no real friends. I was bullied at school. I didn't have a good home life. I didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. I didn't feel that there was a reason for me to stay. I remember how many nights I just screamed into a pillow and punched walls and did the most uh, terrifying drawings and bits of work, which were quite morbid, and I sort of... I guess became my depression because I didn't understand anything else and I think that was when I was at my worst that age so
0: at 14 how did you envision your future did you envision a future
2: I think I was gonna either end up dead before I was 20 either by lifestyle choices or my means or I thought I would end up with a I don't want to say it, that's something nasty, but a very dead-end life, you know, and you've just sort of given up and you don't work toward anything in the future. You just sort of exist, and that's sort of what I expected.
0: It may be easier to understand that mindset when you learn that on her website. Charlotte describes herself as a survivor of alcoholism, sexual assault, rape, self-harm, and a constant chain of trauma and mental illness. But we're here to talk about Charlotte's present. Now 23, she's living a life she didn't dream possible. Of course, it's not a dream, so she still battles mental illness daily. But listen as she describes the life she's creating.
2: I'm definitely not the place I want to be yet, but I'm in a much better place. Um, I am married to a man who gives me so much respect and genuine love that I've been searching for a long time and I never thought I deserved but I found him even when I thought I would never find that mm. I have a dog who, or oh, she's my soul mate and I know that sounds weird but <laughs> I would be lost without her, I would be I'm in my own place, I'm out of toxic environments, I'm helping other people, I'm content, I think, I'm not quite ready to say I'm happy but I think I'm content mm.
0: And when you tweeted you were literally baking cookies and dancing in mm. your kitchen tell me about that night and what? And tell me about the thought process that made you stop and write that, because it was beautiful. <laughs>
2: um, my husband works quite long shifts, and he works between two jobs because I'm still quite ill and I can't quite work yet. Um, so he supports me. We don't get, get much time together. And sometimes he offers to bake me cookies when I'm feeling particularly depressed. Mm-hmm. And this time I just had this urge to just be with him and do something like that. And I did um, and We just started baking And getting creative What we had in the kitchen And then all of a sudden I'm putting on Christmas songs And he's starting to dance with me Which isn't something we normally do But he just does And it's so perfect Because it's unexpected And I just felt like Wow, you know I This is stuff that happens in movies It doesn't happen to people like me But here it has happened And it was great because I felt very really safe in my relationship, safe in my home, and I had delicious gingerbread cookies to eat, so it was really great.
0: Oh, can you picture that scene? Basking in feelings of being loved, protected, safe, supported, warm, dancing, and gingerbread. So from that place, albeit weeks later now, we asked Charlotte to look back at those dark and confusing teen years to share more of what she's learned since. We asked what she wishes her younger self had known about a number of things, starting with depression itself.
2: I think firstly, it'd be nice to know that it's a lot more common and that it's definitely not me alone. And it's not me being this failure or horrible person I thought it'd be nice to have known that my emotions were just a response from what I'd been through and that it wasn't my body just hurting me, it was trying to protect me in its own messed up way. Um it'd be nice to know what options I had, what tools were out there, and just to know that there were people out there that I could talk to and just help me figure out what I needed
0: and about her personal strength and capacity for resilience.
2: That version of me, she had no idea how strong she was after that age i went through much traumatic things and it got worse but i always found my feet i always got through it i always found a way to start again or find a different path and i didn't even realize i was doing it i just made it happen and that's a strength i have that It isn't forced. It isn't something I've learned. It's just something that's in me. And I think it had been reassuring for me at 14 to know that I'm a lot stronger than I think I am.
0: Ah, that one hit home. A lot of us are so much stronger than we think and certainly stronger than depression makes us believe. And speaking of things depression makes seem impossible... We asked what Charlotte wishes she had known about the willingness of friends and family to listen and support her in painful times.
2: I think I use the example of when I was self-harming and I kept it so secret because I was so ashamed and it felt like I was a monster and I was trying to disguise this monster body under my clothes and I was so terrified of anyone finding out. But at one point... My dad walked in when I was having a relapse and he just sat in front of me and he said, well, are you being safe? And is there anything I can do? Do you want to talk about it? He wasn't quizzing me. He wasn't pressuring me. He just sat and listened. And then he said, just be safe for me. And please, I don't want to lose you. So just be safe. I mean, he didn't ask me to stop just to be safe, and that alone was an impact on me. Then he went out and he bought me some special oil and said, just in case um, you want to heal the scars, it's an option for you. And his level of empathy there, I realised that I'd spent the last three, four years hiding alone when I could have had this big support system and huge outlet to have helped me along the way and... My own self-stigma prevented that.
0: It wasn't only self-harming she hid. Like many of us, Charlotte also kept her depression a secret.
2: I think at that age I was still struggling a lot, so I wasn't as open as I am now. And it did take me until I was about 21 to actually be open about it. But I did find that my dad was always very understanding when, you know when you're struggling and you don't say it but you start crying over things like the dishwasher and uh, hmm. he started to realise that I needed just an extra bit of support, maybe some ice cream and a hug or to watch a movie together and that was the kind of support I needed it didn't need to be a lecture or an interrogation it was just being present and giving me the option to talk if I wanted to
0: And you did not understand that was available to you at that age, I assume?
2: I didn't. I was convinced that I would always be rejected if I spoke about it.
0: Another of depression's convincing lies is that you really are all alone in your struggle.
2: I think I just wish I knew that it's likely that there will be people that exist who will judge you and who may hurt your feelings, but there's a lot more people, the ones who actually love you, the ones who care for you, even people who live miles away and just empathize. These people can give you so much more love and support and they can alone be this vital outlet that can really become vital for crisis. And it's not being afraid of reaching out to people because you never know if that person is going to be the one to possibly save your life.
0: Next, we asked what she wished she'd known about the effectiveness of available treatments.
2: I think it's important to know that there are more than one type no one spoke to me about short-term therapy or the different types of long-term therapy no one spoke to me about things I could do at home or things I can do in groups and the resources both online and offline and how you know one thing may not work for you but another thing will and I mainly recover through self-care in my own routines, um, which is what I found useful. That's not to say it's been easy, but it's Mm -hmm. definitely been worth that discovery and it's been worth learning what I need um, and accepting and allowing myself to have that support and help.
0: And lastly, what she wishes her 14-year-old self had known about a future worth fighting for.
2: I think when you're suffering with depression or other mental illness, you can tend to, you tend to see a one-sided future. And I definitely did. And I I sort of decided that I wasn't worthy and that it wasn't going to happen to me and that that's how it is and there's no other way. I didn't give myself the chance to think that as much as there's a chance it may go wrong there's also a good chance it will go right and it's just reminding myself that not everything is going to be going well for you in the future but at the same time a lot of things will be great and they'll become these amazing memories and it's it's all worth it and that's all I can say it's it's The good memories completely outweigh the bad ones.
0: So for every teenager or any other aged person out there who's battling something you really don't understand and maybe haven't even named, who believes the way you feel now is the way you will always feel, please listen to Charlotte, who has been there, too. Please.
2: Well, first of all, it's not your fault and it never was. You are not a monster. You are not a problem or a failure, you are a human with feelings and we all have feelings um, and yours are just as valid as everyone else's you deserve a good future you deserve support and help and love and all those things that you dream of and as corny as it sounds they can happen and sometimes you just need to sometimes you just need to give them the chance sometimes it's just igniting that little flame that's inside of you and keeping it alive and things do follow that are absolutely wonderful um and i'm glad that i didn't do it certainly because i've met my husband and seen my brother do wonderful things and it's i've i've benefited from staying alive I think the most important thing to remember is that you are not alone and it it's such an overused saying but it's for a reason and you know I always thought that I was the one person in the world that had these feelings and no one else could possibly understand but there are so many people out there who can relate and they're willing to help and support you and you know sometimes you just need to Look or do a quick Google search or, you know, talk to a friend and remember that. Never forget that you're not alone.
0: Anita, this is one of those interviews that I've never forgotten. Every time Christmas uh, and the holidays come around, I think about Charlotte and I think about stopping in the middle of mm-hmm. literally dancing around her kitchen to offer hope and a message that as bad as it is, and it was really bad for her, that, that it can get mm-hmm. better and that things can change. And it, um, and it actually like chokes me up a little bit and it's been years since I talked to her, but I do want to read one, one thing she said. I have always found my feet. I have mm-hmm. always gotten through. I have always found a way to start again or find a different path. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. I just made it happen. And that's a strength I have that isn't forced. It isn't something I've learned. It's just something in me. I think it would have been reassuring for me at 14 to know that I'm a lot stronger than I think I am. And that is just Mm. like if there's a message from this episode, that's the one I hope people take away. Because all of us who live with this demon, you know, We're showing up. We're getting up. And there are days that looks very different than other days, but we're doing it. And there is strength in that. And we need Uh to take a moment every now and then and just acknowledge the resilience that's required to live with this.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I I just, I love that. I love this idea of, of even in the darkest times that you remember that you've got that spark in you. And, you know, you might have to give it some time to reignite, but, but know that it's always there, that, that there is a little bit of light that's always there in the darkness.
0: Yeah, the, the image of blowing on an ember—I I heat with wood um, in my little cabin here, and every morning I start a fire. And there's just some mm-hmm. little piece that's glowing, and I sit there with my bellows, and, you know, just mm-hmm. just fan it and fan it and fan it, and it grows into a fire. <laughs> and I think that maybe it's the same with hope. Yes, you know, there can just there's just a little. Oh Lord, sometimes it's hard to find, but if there's just Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it doesn't even have to be hope. It can just be curiosity. I've learned that from, from guests that we've interviewed. And it's like, just kind of curious. Mm-hmm. Like, how is this going to turn? Is it going to get better? Is there going to be a different med? Is there going to be a different path? Is there going to be a different reaction to the meds and the path? And that curiosity alone can be the ember. It doesn't
1: have to be, you know, capital H, hope. No, we don't have to have the answers. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. We don't have to have to have the answers in the moment, but but just sort of staying committed to, like you said, being curious and and being open and being willing to try, you know, the next thing. I you don't have to see the whole path laid out just to take the next step. And that's a great that's a great thing to remember when it's hard to muster up the energy to do to do even that.
0: Um, I'm going to read one. I found another quote online. Emily McDowell, it's a very similar message to what we were just discussing, uh, wrote, a toast to the old you. If you feel inspired to use the new year to help you reset or change your habits, great. And yet the old you has survived every terrible day, every hard thing, every awful circumstance, and every heartbreak you've ever felt. The old you is a fighter, and that's worth celebrating. Awesome. (laughs) I love it. So, we will be back. Uh, Actually, speaking of the new year, we have two uh, episodes coming up where Bridget, my sister, who was the co-host for the first five years, and Anita and I, we will be choosing some of the quotes that were impactful to us from uh, different episodes that also stood out for us during the past year and doing a sort of a year in review in a slightly different way. Oh, oh, and... On Christmas Eve, even though I understand not everybody celebrates that holiday, but it's the one that this episode was written for, we're going to be posting a special episode just on the 24th and 25th. Uh, It is uh, an essay written by John Pavlovitz that's written for those who are struggling during Christmas. So there will be a little extra bonus episode in between this
1: week's and next week's. And we'll be here with you through the holidays, and, and, and we'll see you again next year. I'm not going to put the word happy with holidays, just not going to do it. (laughs) I know, I I, I know, I get it. I'm I'm not a huge fan myself.
0: We need to come up with a different saying, Terry. Right? Maybe get through them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, No, but some people like them, but it doesn't mean we're able to be happy
1: during them. Right. Well, I just don't like this whole, whole idea of having to be happy all the time, no matter what. You know, we aim for contentment. And just being okay with whatever is. So if you can just be okay with whatever happens, you know, during the holidays, that's that's it. That's good. That's good enough. So contented holidays?
0: Does that work? <laughs> I don't know what works. Maybe we ask. Maybe we ask uh let's crowdsource this. And you know, have if anybody yeah. has an idea for a better thing to say than happy holidays or seasons greetings for people who going through the holidays as best they can living with depression, go to givingvoicetodepression.com and click the Contact Us button or the Record button and let us know. It'd be great if we came up with something that actually felt um, genuine, <laughs> that felt appropriate, because it's, tr- it's a tricky one. Yes,
1: yes. Just can't wait to hear the ideas. Yeah, with something that doesn't require, again, an unrealistic expectation of how, how the holidays should be for us. Right. Yeah, Love it. -hmm. Look forward to hearing the suggestions. We truly hope that our podcast brings a little more understanding, helps you better articulate and reflect on your own experience with depression, or better understand how to support someone else who is struggling. If this episode has been of comfort or value to you, know that there
0: are hundreds of others like it in our archive, which you can easily find at our website, givingvoicetodepression.com. And remember, if you're struggling, speak up, even if it's hard. If someone else is struggling, take the time to listen.